Oh yes, when you hear that music, you know what day it is, you know what time it is, it's the 3-in-1 Podcast joining us from Cleveland, Ohio. Give it up for International, Ian Lamont Morgan. Woohoo! <laughs> fire, fire, flames, flames. What's up everybody? That was my pyro uh, <laughs> And here in Columbus, Ohio, the capital city, they call me the Black Mike Tarico. It's your boy... Malcolm Morgan. That's you right. Can't do Mike like that. <laughs> I, I got these for days, guys. I got these for days. It's a two-in-one special. Not your normal two-in-one special. Like the fans usually are looking for me and Keith. But me and Ian are going to hold it down without our brother from Cincinnati today. Ian, how you feeling? I'm feeling amazing. Yes, it is good to be actually here for two-in-one. Shout out to uh, Keith Turner. Uh, we'll miss you, brother, but uh, don't worry. We will uh, still dog Cincinnati for you. But yeah, man, feeling good. Can't complain. Thanksgiving was swell. How about you, sir? It was great. It was a great day. We cooked. Um, you know, it's weird not being with family, obviously, um, and being a part of my family. We were not together. Um, but it was cool. We cooked our food, ate it, and tried to relax as much as possible on Thursday. Um, a beautiful, beautiful looking uh, bird, by the way. I don't know how y'all fried that chicken, but it was a uh, oh wow, oh the, it was blessed looking. It was you know I can't I can take no credit for that. Keith uh, killed that chicken. We were getting a lot of comments. Okay. We were getting a lot of comments on that. Um, so so we did a little exchange of some food with my parents, and they got some fried chicken. And we told them that they were getting fried chicken. Like, oh, we saw the pictures. We we're excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you heard it here first. Three and one uh, cooking podcast coming soon. Oh wow! Produced by Ian because that sounds like a lot of work. Uh. <laughs> okay, um, let, let, let's postpone that due to COVID. We'll, uh, we'll get back to it. So we're going to start off with backup quarterback power rankings. Uh, <laughs> new number one this week, Mike Glennon will be Woo! the new number one. Uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, we've got a lot of things to talk about today. Let's talk about our home teams, our favorite teams, and our Cleveland Beat reporter. Uh, your Browns won this week in this weird week oh, yeah. that extended from Thursday to Wednesday. Um, right. So how are you feeling about your Browns? Uh, I'm here in Cleveland standing in uh, what, what feels like seven feet of snow. And um, <laughs> I'm just glad to report that those Cleveland Browns are the eight and three Cleveland Browns. 2020 is really an anomaly. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, once again, we are uh, we are as far we go as far as Nick Chubb carries us, and uh, he carries us quite far. Um, excellent game from him, not just statistically, but what he's able to do as far as the tone that he sets, uh, the way that he frees up Baker Mayfield, so that this offense can um, can can do some things. Shout out to Jarvis who it was great to see him have a huge game. Um, but I got to say, you know, all that said, uh, I'm concerned, man. Baker really, really, uh, he's, he's not he's not killing us by way of turnovers whatsoever. He's just not giving us that little bit extra that I think we're going to need if we're going to, uh, first of all, make the playoffs. Second of all, if we want to win a playoff game, which I, I hope that's everybody in Cleveland's expectation. But uh, Baker just, uh, from missing wide open guys uh, um, to just not playing great situational football. Um, again, he he did just enough to, so that we get we got the W. But 
uh, Jacksonville made a run for it, and I don't think it had to be as close as it was. Man, it's so weird in Cleveland. Y'all are eight and three, and when I get on social media and see all the Browns fans just want to jettison Baker Mayfield from the fr- franchise, <laughs> and I'm just like, y'all are eight and three. Like, <laughs> this is the best season y'all had. Like, what's the what, how how long has it been since you guys have been eight and three? I I don't know if my forefathers were alive the last time we were eight and three. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not that we don't appreciate what we have. I think that's the common misconception. Mm-hmm. We've just seen so much losing mm-hmm. that we know what losing tendencies look like. Yeah. And for the rest of the team, um, you know, you don't you don't have that that vibe of of loserdom. Yeah. But when you get Baker dropping back, making some decisions, when you see him, um, and what I think is just overcompensating or being uh, overzealous sometimes with some of these throws uh, because they always fail. Mm-hmm. They fail over the receiver, um, and, and he's doing it in the red zone. And I think that's the thing that bothers me the most. I know that if we cannot consistently score in the red zone, if, teams, if we can't keep teams honest with the passing attack, they're going to load the box and they're going to stop the, the viable threat we do have. Yeah. So I'm glad, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just maintaining my level of realism because I live in Cleveland. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. I, I watched, you know, I'm in Ohio, so I'm actually forced most of the times to watch the Browns games and the Bengals games. Um, no matter what other game is on, I usually forced because of those darn regional uh, rules. Uh, but I actually watched quite a bit of that Browns Jaguars game um, and, and Baker did miss. There's a touchdown that he clearly missed and a couple just more than a couple, but two or three throws that you just, he, I know he wishes he could have back. Um, and the, and to be honest, the running game hasn't been that dynamic this, at least the latter half of this year since Nick Chubb's come back from injury. Early in the year, they were really dominant um, running the ball. They've gotten, they're still good, obviously, but ever since Chubb has come back from injury, it just hasn't quite been the same potency. Um, but I was actually more concerned about the defense um, with, you know, Mike Glennon, in the game, a guy who, you know, at best has had a mixed pro career, looked pretty good <laughs> against that Browns defense. Um, you know, no Miles Garrett in this game again. I believe this is his second game in a row that he's missed. Um, and then Malik Harrison is down. They just put him on IR. Um, he's been a, a real revelation for that defense. But that I was a little bit more surprised that the, their defense couldn't figure out how to um, – how to consistently get pressure and control that Jaguars offense, which has not been good all year. Um, but yeah. you know, the sky is not falling. The Browns are eight and three. They're eight and three Cleveland. Y'all should be re- in the streets partying. You know, <laughs> we're definitely excited. Um, yeah, but I couldn't disagree more. I think the, the Russian game has been just as solid as, as it's part of, I mean, Nick Chubb has rushed for over a hundred, what almost 115 yards last three games? Yeah, but I mean, like early in the year, they were just like it was like it was like uh, I forgot the other back's name. He's on my fantasy team. Kareem Hunt was getting like 80, 90 yards, and Nick Chubb was getting over 100, and they were just like really. So it doesn't quite have that because I, I think Kareem Hunt hasn't been that good um, since Nick Chubb has got back. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, they, I'm not saying that the running game hasn't been good, but they were really winning games early because the running game was just, just that dominant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Kareem having to take that lead back role is interesting. I think the 
the, the, the energy they have, the sync that they have with, uh, with Chubb being the lead back and, and then, you know, Kareem coming in to, to kind of give him relief and also get active in the passing game. It's a balance that works, and I don't think any other balance works as well as that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, I get what you're, what you're saying, man. I'm just uh, – yeah, I'm concerned with the defense too, not as much because of those injuries. Um, well, not injuries, but the guys on the COVID list. <laughs> I mean, we had about three, four starters yeah. that were out just off of that. So, hopefully they won't be making stars of guys like Mike Lennon in the future. I mean, I mean, even if you look at Baker's stat line, it wasn't that bad this week. 19 and 29, 258 and two touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, any week Baker doesn't have turnovers is a good week. So, you know, I understand the, yeah. the trepidation with his overall play. He definitely has some throws that you just wish he would not, he would hit. But he also makes some throws that you're like, okay, that's the Baker that we need to see. And Jarvis Landry, I'm glad he showed up in this game as well. You know, it's just Sir, we needed it. It's a different wide yeah. receiver every, every week for them. Sometimes it's Higgins, sometimes you get a random Peoples Jones game. Um, and this week it was Jarvis. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about their game coming up this week, a little bit later in the show. Um, but I'm going to talk about my 49ers. Um, got a big win this past week against um, the Los Angeles Rams. Almost called them St. Louis, but I didn't. Um, you know, this was kind of my, uh, I don't want to say concern, but once we start getting people healthy, we're a good team um, and we can win games. And our backup quarterback isn't bad. Um He's not great, but he's not bad. And so as we get healthy, you know, Richard Sherman returning, Debo Samuel returning, our, any of our running backs returning, um, we are capable of winning games even without Bosa coming back um, and some of the other guys on the defensive line. So we, I, I knew that we weren't going to be able to just kind of tank this season out because people are going to get healthy and you're going to get better. So I'm proud of my Niners for getting a big win. Um and yeah, I, I think we'll we'll surprise some people down the stretch just because we have some some good solid vets that are that don't want to lose. Um, and I think we could be a little bit of a of a spoiler for some teams down um, down the stretch, particularly in our division when the race is going to be really tight between the Rams, Seahawks, and Cardinals getting into playoffs. Um, we yep. could really ruin some playoffs playoff hopes this year. That's exactly what I was thinking about. Uh, it's funny earlier in the year when um, everybody started going down with injury. Um, guys started getting nicked and, you know, that were coming back, guys who were out for the year. I, I said, you know what? If they get enough pieces back on that defense, though, you yeah. can't keep, you can't look away from them. And, um, I think they've got to be thrilled with what they've been able to do, even, uh, uh, dealing with what they're, they're dealing with. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was saying the same thing. The, the momentum that they're building as well. Um, I mean, that's a huge win. Um, and the Jared Goff that we were afraid was going to show up a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, you know, the Niners did enough to bother him, and I think that's the thing. Um, guys like Josh Allen, they are botherable. Yeah. Um, guys like um, um, like Kyler Murray, I think what we're I think we're seeing he is he can be touched, and uh, if the defense really starts getting a feel for it, you're absolutely right. There's gonna be a nightmare coming down the stretch. Yeah. So I'm I'm. I'll be watching uh, if Garoppolo comes back, especially to see if we can get some some good vibes going in, going into the end of the season. No, obviously, not expecting us to make the playoffs. We're five and six right now, uh, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we have an eight and eight or even you know one game over five hundred this year. I'd be happy with an eight and eight year this year and and get everybody back healthy, make some moves in the off season, and hopefully come back next year nice and strong. 
Now, what are the holes that you feel in the off season from just from what you're seeing right now? We need a, we need some play. We need we still need some more playmakers. Um, and I would like to see us get a young back, a young dynamic back uh, for our backfield. We've got a lot of like vets. Um, so if we could get like a good a good, we need a number one. We really need a number one receiver. I think that would really help Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, some of these other guys kind of slide into spots where there'd be more more effective. Um, so whether that's through the draft or I'd really like us to see see us get more of a veteran. Um, who has some experience You know Emmanuel Sanders Was huge for us last year So if we could find A guy like that Who's got the experience And is still productive um, I think that will help Everybody kind of slide Into the appropriate spot And so we get a good Solid number one To pair with George Kittle In that passing game With Garoppolo I think that'll really help And then defensively Honestly if, we just, if we're healthy Our defense is, is plenty good enough I think we probably Need another corner um, And some help uh, Possibly on the outside Linebackers for some pass rush But when we have Bosa And those guys On the defensive line Healthy a full year of a healthy Richard Sherman. Um, I feel really good about where our team is. It's just little tweaks, and health is going to be yeah. the, the biggest thing going into next year. And I, you know, if we get, a, if we can, if there's a young quarterback that that Shanahan likes um, that we can bring in either as a de- development guy or somebody that's going to push Garoppolo, I wouldn't be mad at that either. Cap. Anyway, uh, I I would love to cap, but you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, man, I, I think IU has number one. Uh, uh, receive the potential. All right, I really do. I I got to do this. I didn't want to have to do this, Ian. But we got some breaking news coming into the three and one desk right now. Um, <laughs> I can't even believe this is happening right now. I'm trying to find the details on it, but Woj has just reported that uh, Russell Westbrook has been traded to the Washington Wizards in a trade involving John Wall. Stop. Stop. Um, Stop it. Breaking news. Wow. You're hearing it live. Well, live for us. Not so live for everybody watching, but live for us. Russell Westbrook has been traded to the Washington Wizards in a trade in- involving John Wall. Uh, shout out to Keith, who uh, alerted me to the breaking news. Um, man. Um, Sorry, guys. This is going to be a really scattered... Uh, podcast as I try to find details about this deal. Um, Ian, what is your initial thoughts <laughs> yeah, of this right yeah. now? Without knowing, you know, a lot of the details, um, I'm assuming there's going to be a draft pick involved. Um, but how are you feeling about this deal so far? Oof, uh, yeah, all I see is Don Wall on the first round pick. But man, um, it is, I don't know. I, it's a little bit tempered. Um, I want to see what Russ would be able to do that Don Wall could not in Washington. Um, it's, it's all about the pieces that they bring with them uh, or that they surround him with. Uh, and then John Wall, of course, you got the question marks of, uh, you know, what what version of John Wall are we going to be getting? Um, sure, he, you know, how what level of athleticism does he have left um, after the injuries? You know, uh, um, how long is it going to take him to get back? Uh, to to game speed and get his legs up under him. So a lot of different things to consider, especially in a condensed season, to see how these guys are going to perform. But it's it's a huge uh, move. Um, implications on what happens with uh, with James Harden there in Houston, as uh, it just looked like the chemistry was not there. Um, would he be better off with a guy like John Wall? Uh, John Wall, who is definitely uh, more of a facilitator, but um, again, you know, we got to see what he has left, and they needed that scoring punch from um, 
from Russ last year. Uh, they needed him to be able to take over games. And John Wall, admittedly, if he's not getting to the rack and explosive there, uh, we know he was traditionally not a great shooter. So has he been working on his shot, so on and so forth? So many different things to consider. But, um, yeah, man, uh, John Wall in the 2023 protected first-round pick. And so that's that's – that's not bad um, of a haul for Washington to uh, to to get a healthy and former MVP Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I'm man. Uh, my head is is spinning with what this means. Um, so from the Houston standpoint, let's talk about John Wall. John Wall, when he's healthy, is one of the best end to end point guards in the NBA. Um, not a consist, not a super consistent jump shooter. Uh, but we've seen some moments, especially in the playoffs, where he does when he's really locked in. He he can really get a bucket. Um, so this tells me a couple of things. This tells me that um, Houston, not Houston, Washington may not have been completely all in on either his health or the fit with him and Bradley Beal. Um, you know, if it was if it was me with all the money that I had tied up with John Wall, I would have loved to see them try one more time because. I don't know how long ago that was. It feels like it feels like ten years ago. Um, that one playoff run where they were really rolling, they looked like they could be a really a, a big force in the East if they made the right moves. Um, so that that tells me that first of all. Um, second of all, I I don't know how well him and James play would play together. It may be actually a little bit worse than him and Russ because mm. I would argue that the there was chemistry between Russ and Hart, and they actually do have a relationship. They do like each other. Um, and I think because Russ plays with such just recklessness, aggression all of the time, and you have two guys like that, that really yeah. that really help. Now, the shooting I, I, off the top of my head without like really digging deep into the stats, it's probably a wash between him and, and Westbrook. Westbrook is probably better in the mid-range. Um and maybe Wall's a little bit better from three. Um, but I just, I, we haven't really seen John Wall play off the ball. And to play with James Harden, you're going to be off the ball a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, you know, you know, Steven Silas taking over this team. Maybe he's looking at changing up how this offense plays, which I think would, would probably benefit James a little bit more, especially in the playoffs. Um, but I'm not sure how well that fits. To me, this trait tells me that James Harden is eventually going to be traded. Um, I don't know if, if there's something imminent or something going into the season, but this has to me to communicate that they're that they're looking to make that that change. Because um, long term, I just don't see the fit with him and John Wall. Wow, Ooh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they they struggled for years to get anything to put around uh, Beal and Wall, yeah. and now you look. And with, with them, being, uh, them re-signing Bertan, uh, they got a lot of hope for Rui Hachimura. Um, Thomas Bryant is, has shown promise as a center there. Not pieces that bowl you over. Yeah. But if they, and, uh, I think Robin Lopez is there now too. Um, so if, if they can get solid production from those guys, if they can get them to develop, and that's really the big question is what have they been able to do with those guys that were around Bill who, Washington was not great last year. Let's not make any mistakes. They but, were bad last uh, Bra- year. Bradley, yeah, uh, but Bra- Bradley Beal somehow, um, not only was he able to shine, but it just seemed like he had a good a good pulse as far as the leader of that team. Uh, you heard guys talk about him. They rave about him. And so I, that's another thing. How does Russ mix with that personality? Bradley Beal, a, a pretty laid-back guy, but again, developing into a solid leader. 
and Russell Westbrook is 1,000% aggressive. Yeah. It is all gas, no brakes. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, man. in terms of fit on that team, I actually think it might be a better fit for Russ and Bradley because Bradley has improved on the ball, but he's obviously yeah. lethal off the ball, coming off cuts, Correct. diving, yeah. cutting, and then his shooting ability. His shooting ability with Russ's ability to get to the basket could be a really dynamic combination. The question is just these guys around them. Um, you know, Rui Hachimura is a, is a young guy coming, came out of Gonzaga last year, had a decent year for them. They're not, they weren't good. So you don't really know how good he is. Um, uh, but they did also pick up, uh, Denny Advia in the draft. Um, six foot nine combo forward from Israel. Teams really liked him. Um, and when he kind of fell to them, that was kind of a big deal for them. So they've got some, some pieces that are interesting. They've got your, um, your name brother, Jan Mahimi. Um, on the team still, I feel like I feel like he's been there for quite some time. Um, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> so, I mean, I think the basketball fit with with Russ and Bradley Beal is better for for both of them, honestly, than than John Wall. Um, Russ can get a bucket; he can take some of that pressure off Bradley Beal, and, and Bradley Beal can play off the ball more. And then Russell yeah. being a system where he's going to be the primary ball handler, and I mean that one two punch. That's a really, I mean, Bradley Beal, I believe, if I remember correctly, averaged over 30 a game last year. Um, and so you pair that with a guy in Russ who's who's capable of doing that as well. Um, you could have a really good one-two punch. Yeah, he averaged 30 and a half, six assists, um, 35% from three uh, from a pretty high-volume shooter. Uh, um, so I think you, you pair those two together, you know, I, I don't think they're a contender, but, you know, they could really – Mess up that bottom of the of the of the East playoffs. Maybe even sneak their way in, depending on how on how potent and healthy they are. That's going to be the other key. And then these are the initial parts of the trade. We don't know. You know, sometimes things roll out later. There might be some additional details or additional players being moved as well. Um, So, I mean, man, this is huge breaking news coming in. Russell Westbrook getting traded to the Washington Wizards for. John Wall. It's funny. I went to go look up the the Wizards roster, um, and the first thing on their ESPN homepage says Wizards not interested in dealing uh, John Wall. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yo, let that be let that be a lesson for uh, our listeners that are young athletes. Things like this. These teams, all they do is lie. They lie. They lie. 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 Um, it's all about business. It's all about how to get the best deal. And so, yeah, don't don't believe the headlines. I'm really excited for John Wall to have pieces. I'm so and, – and, again, I'm rooting for the guy because, you know, the injury trouble and everything. But, you know, you throw him on the squad with James Harden, Eric Gordon, Boogie Cousins, uh, DeMar Carroll's there now. Uh, of course, the PJ Christian Cousins, Wood. Christian Wood. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm – so 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 rooting for him to be in this situation. I'm happy for the guy. Yeah, I'm a John Wall um, fan. I, I, yeah, I'm a John Wall fan. I want to see him come back healthy. Um, you know, and yeah. Houston, Houston has they they did weird stuff this offseason. <laughs> they just they did stuff that if the Hart and Westbrook thing wasn't happening, you'd look at them and say, okay, what are y'all? Yeah, yeah y'all got PJ Tucker. You guys got um, you know, picked up Christian Wood in a in a deal. I still don't understand what Detroit was doing. Um, but Christian Wood is a is a really talented young big. Um, 
and size that they needed. DeMarcus Cousins, obviously, he's he's on a – we just learned this week that he's on a non-guaranteed contract, so he's going to have to really earn his roster spot there. And if it doesn't work out, um, he'll be out of there. But um, if they can hit on this pickup, if they can hit on Christian Wood, if they can hit on DeMarcus Cousins – they still have Eric Gordon on this team. Daniel House was big for them last year, even though he couldn't control himself in the bubble. <laughs> they they still have um, they they picked up Kenyon Martin Jr., which is it's, yeah. it's weird to think that we're watching so many players we watched their sons playing. Um, it's so bizarre. <laughs> um, but here's the I was, I'm on Twitter, literally trying to find anything I can about this trade, and so I didn't I didn't think about this. Scott Brooks is the coach of the Washington Wizards, and obviously he was a coach yeah. for Russ in Oklahoma City. Um, a big advocate for him, and Robert Pack, who's one of their assistant coaches, was an assistant um, in Oklahoma City as well. Very close with Russ as well. So there's, I think that's where um, this trade kind of coming out of the blue comes from. Those guys obviously have history with Russ. They know Russ. They understand how he likes to play the game. Um, and so, and they also have been working in Washington now for probably, I, th- I believe it's five or six years now at this point. Um, so they know this roster as well and they know what Russ could bring. Um, I was always hoping for Russ that he would end up in a place where he could be himself. He wouldn't have to go to a team where he's dealing with a bunch of other established guys, but a place where he could just play Russ basketball, play reckless, play aggressive, um, and not try to turn him into something else. And I think this is that kind of situation for him. Yeah, man. I'm excited. Ooh, that's just in time for the regular season. Man, camps Over open this week. Camp. Yeah. <laughs> man, oh, man. Crazy. Um, so we'll talk some more NBA later, but that's the breaking news. Um, Russell Westbrook going to the Washington Wiz- Wizards in exchange for John Wall and a 2023 first round protected pick. It'll be also, also be interesting to see the protections on that pick as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you look at their contracts, it's really it's it's really weird uh, that the contracts mirrored each other so closely that they could do this deal straight up. Um, two guys on on pretty hefty supermax contracts. Um, man, I don't even know how do we transition from that, kids. This is a transition. Um, <laughs> Raven Steelers happened today in the middle of the day at three forty. Um, the game that they just refused to cancel for some reason. Um, Oh man! Uh, and I, I only watched a little bit of it. I was watching some college basketball today, but um, the Ravens' defense give them a lot of credit. They held the Steelers to only one offensive touchdown. Um, the other touchdown, uh, the final score was nineteen to fourteen. Um, the other touchdown came on a pick six. Um, you know, give credit to the Ravens' defense for for really competing in this game. Um, they were missing several offensive linemen. Their two starting running backs. Um, uh, it was rough. It it, it 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 had the potential to get ugly, but they re- the defense really held them in that game, and they were leading for a, a good chunk of that first quarter. And shout out to Robert Griffin the third. Um, that guy's been through a lot. Came into the league his rookie year and looked like he was going to be the face of the NFL. Um, and then had the you know the big knee injury and never quite really recovered. Spent some time in Cleveland. Um, and has been the backup in Baltimore for some time, but there are some plays today seeing him run that just reminded you how great of an athlete he was when he was healthy. Um, and how he really, I mean, if you look at quarterbacks like him and Kaepernick, they are the ones that really changed the game to where we're seeing it now with these mobile type of quarterbacks. 
I um yeah and yeah them them bringing out even uh I, I liked what I saw on uh from uh Tracy Swirley. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like oh this guy's a great drop back quarterback. I mean he had the one touchdown, but that was a bit of a I mean it was it was a solid throw, but that was more Marquise Brown yeah. doing the work on uh after the catch. Um, my thing about Robert Griffin, I really want to shout him out. I really, really do. But again, Cleveland Browns bias. It's the fact that after all he's been through with the leg, with the shoulder, when he was here in Cleveland, he still can't slide. Nope. If there's anything I thought Robert Griffin did have, <laughs> I, I thought he would have studied the great baseball base runners. I mean, everything he can do to learn how to be a better slider. Watch Russell Wilson take. The man still just won't go down. That was infuriating for me to see uh, today. But, yeah, I agree. Uh, that was something that jumped out at me, Baltimore defense. Of course, the Steelers defense, we talk about that all the time. But um, Baltimore's D really kept them in the game. Um, where they were they were just short of um, of being the uh, the Denver Broncos. I mm. mean, like, <laughs> between just guys going down yeah. and, and – uh, not playing well, and I think uh, RG three got got yanked, but he also blew a tire. Yes, on one of those plays. I got worried. I was like, "Oh God, please don't tell yeah. me <laughs> he tore like, Achilles or something." <laughs> not again. Somebody give Robert a compensation contract, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. But when I I don't know the other thing that really uh, jumped out at me, of course, the Ravens they really really did miss um, uh, uh, J.K. Dobbins. I've uh, yep. been missing Mark Ingram because yeah. that run game, they 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 tried it, but they weren't getting a whole lot out of that. Gus Edwards was getting eaten up and uh, really didn't do what it is that I think they were hoping he would do. But what struck me the most is the fact that I I, I don't know how I didn't notice this. I, I, they they give me a a, a, a Patriots slash. Uh, San Antonio Spurs type of vibe sometimes. We talk so much about Pittsburgh's defense, and rightfully so. But just the sheer amount of toys that Ben Roethlisberger has yeah. to uh, to play with, from James Conner to Finney Snell to Deontay Johnson, James Watson, Eric Ebron, Chase Claypool, and then not even mentioning Juju. Yeah. It's just it's weird because, you know, and a couple guys had big games earlier in the year, and every now and again somebody will pop. But I feel like their 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 most powerful asset is the fact that they spread you out, they keep you honest. Uh, you have to pick your poison uh, because even any of those guys can really get it done. And it's uh it's wild. I understand why uh, Ben. I'm looking at the interesting stat. He uh, out of their ten games, with them being ten and all makes me sick. By the way, um, Ben is only thrown for 32 passes uh, for less than 32 passes one time. Mm. Only thrown for 40 passes. Uh, uh, for less than 40 passes three times. And I understand why. He's not been phenomenal um, as far as his completion percentage, but uh, that is their method of winning. Um, you know, they're still the Steelers, smash my football, but then, you know, get it to Ben and let him chuck it. Uh, and guys have to, they have to pick which one they want to guard. So, man, this is, I hate to say it, I'm so excited about the Browns, but it's just daunting because, of course, the Steelers are amazing this year. I mean, yes, I, I I would like to say that my, you know, my prediction was right this year about the Steelers. Bring Ben back yeah, and their Super Bowl contenders. Just want to point that That's out a lot for that. to everyone. I now know to, to always uh, uh, re- rebuke your predictions <laughs> vehemently. <laughs> when you're right, you're right, kids. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they do it. They do it so many different ways on offense. I mean, 
everybody focuses on the defense, obviously, because their defense has been pretty dominant this year. But the offense has been just as good, whether it's Chase Claypool having a big day, Juju, whoever. And then they get just enough from the running game with Benny Snell and James Conner. Um, it doesn't look the same offensively as it did, you know, in the heyday of the Steelers, um, particularly with Big Ben, where they were a little bit more focused on the run. Um, and they had those really talented guys on the outside, but like Antonio Brown and guys like that. But they just they do it by committee. Every week is a little different. This week they had to kind of grind it out, um, and they figured out how to get how to get a a win in such a weird week where you're you're thinking you're playing on Thanksgiving, and then you think you're playing on Sunday, and then you think you're playing on Monday, <laughs> and yeah, it just man. keeps getting pushed back. Um, so shout out to these guys for being ready, being prepared. It's this has to be one of the weirdest just preparation weeks for an NFL team that we've ever seen um, where you think you're going to play, you might not play. I don't know. And then, you know, it's just, it's just wild. So shout out to those guys for putting on a show and the Ravens, you fought hard, just didn't quite have it um, to finish. So let's go ahead and look at some games to watch for this upcoming. It feels weird to say upcoming week when games start tomorrow for the next week, but um Let's talk about these Titans versus the Browns this week. We talked about your Browns a little bit earlier, but they've got a a big matchup with a Tennessee team that's playing um, pretty well right now, I would say. Um, How do you feel about your Browns going going up against the Titans this week? I feel good. I feel good um, because I think the strength of our defense is um, the uh, the pass rush, and also um, I think we're getting better. Okay, I, it's odd to say because we just got eaten up by um, by James Robinson, but I think us with a healthy roster will fare decently against Derrick Henry, and so though that combination uh, means that Ryan Tannehill is going to have to beat you, and he's shown that he can do some capable things, but I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to win on his uh, on his right arm. So I think we got a great chance uh, from the defensive end of end of things. Um, they're physical. Tennessee's physical, and so. Um, but I mean, when you got guys like Nick Chubb, um, you know, uh, Kareem Hunt coming out of the backfield, I think that's important. I think uh, Jarvis is the type of receiver you want for games like this um, because you, it's going to be some hard nosed football. I think um, our triple tight end threat is going to be big in this one, so I'll definitely be looking to see for uh, for Baker too. Um, um, just take take what the defense gives you is the thing that I'm hoping for. Uh, in this game the most, because uh, I do think we'll be able to, to get the games that we need on the ground as long as we uh, just hold steady. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be two teams that really want to run the ball. Um, and so who's going to be able to exert their will in this game? Uh, the Titans are coming off a big, impressive win against the against the Colts. Miles um, Garrett looks like he's on track to be back this week. Um you know, I, I think Tennessee is rolling right now. It's, I think it's going to be a, a rough one for for the uh, for the Browns. Baker's got to be sharp. He's absolutely got to be sharp. Um, can't really have the turnovers or the missed throws because against a team like this, particularly with the Derrick Henry, he's going to get stronger as the game goes on. Um, you want to go into that game and you want to keep it tight. You don't want to have to be playing from behind against this team. Um, so yeah, I'm looking for a real physical game. Um, you know, the key is going to be getting Miles Garrett back. Can they get that pass rush back where it was earlier in the year um, where that it really helped that secondary to not have to cover as much when Vernon and Garrett are really getting pressure on the quarterback? 
Um, so if the, if that defensive line can kind of control the line of scrimmage, I think they've got a good chance to win it. But I think Tennessee might might overwhelm them a little bit too much in this game. They're really rolling. I think we're going to see a, a hefty diet of blitzes from uh, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Bringing guys in to uh, stop that run game and, and get Baker to – my Baker's best on the run, but he has to run. He has to get that bootleg the way that he wants it. Yeah. And so he's not he's not necessarily great at improvising because he's gotten flushed out of the pocket. So we'll see. Oh, we shall. The other game we're going to look at is the Cardinals taking on the Rams. This is obviously a big division game and a big game for playoff seating. Um, both these teams coming off tough losses. Um, Rams yeah. losing to my Niners on a tough field goal. And then the Cardinals really, really just not playing well <laughs> in their game last week. Um, who do you think? Gets off the schneid in this game. I'd love to say Arizona. Um, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Kyler, and, and I want to see them go far. Unfortunately, uh, he's he's just not he's not been performing well lately, um, especially when there's a viable pass rush, and and we know uh, that they're going to bring the heat um, in Arizona this this Sunday. And so I got the Rams. I got them coming out on top. Um, I think they bounced back from their loss, and I think that uh, while both offenses are, are very, very capable, um, I'm only—I think I'm only wrong if Arizona gets their run game um, back in the shape like it had been earlier in the year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, man, I—I I, I honestly, I just trust Kyler more than I do Jared Goff. Um, Kyler has been great, obviously, but I I just trust him a little bit more than Jared Goff in the, in these big moments. Um, I mean, just a few weeks ago, we were talking about after that big DeAndre Hopkins catch, how great this team was and how they're destined to like do great things. And then now it's like oh, I don't know about these Cardinals anymore. Um, I still think they're that team, um, but I don't feel good about either one of these teams coming into this game. Um, you know, the big thing with, with the Rams is just the running game. They just don't have a running game right now. Um, whether it's Cam Akers or, or whoever, it's just not very potent. So it makes them really one-dimensional. Um, the I think – and but they have weapons in the passing game with Cup, with Woods, um, with their tight ends. They, they, they can really kind of spread the ball around a little bit. But I just love the explosiveness potential for the Cardinals with Murray, uh, Hopkins, um, what Murray can do running the ball as well to kind of supplement when they don't really have the running game from Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds and those guys. Um, I don't feel great about either one of these teams, like I said, but I might give a slight edge to the Cardinals uh, in this division game. Yeah. If Kyler can get loose on the ground, like you said, then I'm, I'm with it. If I see that their, their, their rushing attack has gotten back to form, but it's just been looking rough. Um, and they've been working very hard uh, in their offense, and and I think at their best, things seem a little bit more fluid. Now this is the first of two matchups. They got they got the Rams to close out the season as well, and so it's a big game uh, in terms of uh, um, you know just conference schedule and and seeing how it is that they fare. Because Arizona at six and five, you can't fall too much further. Yeah, um, um, with, with those teams, you know, playing the way that they are. So uh, favorable games: Giants, Eagles. You know, they got your Niners <laughs> coming up to a game. Mm-hmm. So we shall see whether young Tyler can finish strong. I think that's, that's one thing I'm really interested to see. Um, as we build out the legacy of what I believe to be Mr. Tyler Murray, 
if he can finish season strong, if he can uh, uh, build and, and put together some consecutive weeks of, of leading his team to victory because they need it now. Yeah. Um. So before we leave NFL, we're of course going to talk a little fantasy football. Let's give some love to Ian winning this week in our fantasy league quite handily. We don't even need to look at the scores. It was pretty much a blowout blowout city. Um, and you, you seem to have everybody hitting at the right time this week. I mean, Tyreek Hill, I mean, 61 points this week is just sinful. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I know, uh, you're right. We don't need to talk about the score, but just to mention it, uh, 221.6 points was the tally uh, this week. I I told told my brothers I wouldn't be happy unless uh, I tallied 200 because I've lost so much this season. So, yeah, man, I'm glad. I did leave James Robinson on the bench. You know, I'm kind of sore about that. Uh, Yeah, but it feels good. This may very well be the highlight of our fantasy season. (laughs) Keith is not here. We don't have to talk about his record. We do not. Um, but, but you know, I, I, I'm, I'm really grateful. I just want to thank uh, my mother and father. Oh wow! Uh, for all that they've done to uh, to train me up in the ways of of, of planning and uh, and predicting. And uh, shout out, this one goes to them uh, and my wife. Uh, I, I love you, sweetheart. I think I texted Ian in the probably in the third quarter of the first round of games <laughs> at one o'clock, saying, "Congratulations on your win," because Tyreek Hill went nuts. Um, and then Derrick Henry went nuts, and I was like, okay, there's no chance. I was looking at the, pro- the projected scores, and I was like, if I get over 100, I'll be really happy this week. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that. The Browns really let me down um, by completely not showing up against Jags. Um, Cream Hunt, Alvin, Alvin Kamara is really what hurt me, that he didn't do really anything against that Denver, Denver uh, defense. And thank you, Taysom Hill, for running the ball more than my man Alvin Kamara. <laughs> Uh, I figured it was gonna be a rough go with that, but oh you can't pick tomorrow. You can't. He's my he, he was my number one pick. He's been great for me all year, and even if, if he's not running the ball, he gets me like nine catches and a couple touchdowns, and I'm good. Uh, but you did sit Mahomes though. I did sit Mahomes. I did a little matchup thing, and and it did not work. Josh Allen did not uh, treat the Chargers like they were the Chargers. Um, but it wouldn't have. It would not have mattered at all. It would have made the margin. I would have been maybe with within a hundred, maybe, <laughs> of you. <laughs> well, if there's any consolation, I uh, I had another league where I sat AJ Brown, oh. I sat Amari Cooper, oh. I sat Wayne Gallman, and I lost by six points. Oh, yeah, that hurts. Yeah. Well, Ian, take your bow. Enjoy it this week because me and Keith are coming for you again this week. Sure, you are. You heard it here first, everybody. Uh oh. Uh, Wait, back are you to back? I will be celebrating. Wow! Most definitely, I've I've scanned the matchup, consulted. Uh, I just got off a call with Adam Schefter. I've I've been talking to. Um, see, I can't even get it straight. I don't even. I can't even remember the guy's name. The it's guys a- at Fantasy Focus. We we had a uh, Matthew uh, Barry. <laughs> yes, Matthew. But no, the other guy. No, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yep, great. <laughs> well let's change the gear we're gonna spend a little bit of time talking about college football there's just some crazy stuff going on ohio state we still don't know whether they're going to play this week if they don't play this week the game gets canceled it'll be their third game canceled it will mean they don't meet the minimum game threshold to make the big 10 championship um 
Ian, let's just real quickly. Do you think there's any chance Ohio State makes the playoff if they don't play in the Big Ten Championship game? Remember when I said that they would pull some type of trickery mm. if that were to happen? Saw mm. um, interesting comments from the uh, athletic director from Wisconsin, uh, Mr. Barry Alvarez, said, I would think that if something would happen to Ohio State and they'd have to cancel another game, that that's something that we would revisit, talking about taking a look at changing the requirements for the Big Big Ten football title. He said, they're sitting up, they're still ranked number four. Our league can't keep them from having the opportunity if they had a chance to be in the finals. Good Lord. I'm, I'm staying tuned. I think there's some interesting, there's a cabal at play. There's a cabal. A <laughs> full of these things, but. No, I mean, it'll, it'll be really, really interesting to see. I think thus far all we've gotten is confirmation that Ryan Day won't be coaching. Mm-hmm. And so we're just keeping our eye to see um, to see what happens. But, yeah, I think there's a strong chance. Again, I think the precedence has been set um, that if you, you know, if, if these guys are testing positive, there's going to be two weeks that they miss. And so whew, we're waiting with bated breath. I've been seeing uh, uh, terms like slightly in doubt. Then I've seen things like seriously in jeopardy. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see if it falls in between there. I think it's even more interesting to me is that we have not heard about who the players are that have tested positive. Yeah, still. Um, we were talking about that last week. Yeah. We heard about Ryan Day, but we did not hear about players, um, which tells me there's probably some prominent guys um, that have it and they don't want to talk about it. Um yeah. I I expect the game to get canceled today just because the it, you don't nobody has only had one game uh, canceled. You miss one, you usually miss two, just because you don't have the positivity rate down low enough. Um, but it will be interesting if they kind of mess with the the rules. That would man, oh I think I think there'd be some upset teams, particularly the teams oh. like teams like Nebraska that really 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 wanted to play football this year to get shellacked all season. Um, and some of these teams in other conferences like Texas A&M and Florida that are like, hey, we we are able to play all our games, um, yeah. and we shouldn't be – they shouldn't be given extra treatment. Um, I think I think the Ooh. other thing to look at, I heard, I heard some um, rumblings that if they do um, have this game canceled um, and can't play in the Big Ten championship game, um, assuming that Wisconsin is not in it, they may try to schedule Ohio State Wisconsin game the same week as the Big Ten championship game, so Ohio State can get one more game in um, and against a ranked opponent before the uh, playoff rankings come out. So that would be another another wow. thing for them to look at because you know the only only really if if they don't play in the Big Ten championship game, the only real game that they've won that people will be able to look at is Indiana. Everybody else was yeah. not good or yeah. not projected to be good so um they're gonna have to do and something of those, even you know the michigans are not yeah you know, nobody's nobody's losing sleep about that but mm-hmm. it is interesting in terms of talking about missing games not only is this weekend at jeopardy but yep. michigan yeah michigan is out this week yeah um so we could potentially man how crazy would it be if we a Ohio State is undefeated and doesn't get into the Big Ten championship game, and we don't get an Ohio State Michigan game this year. Um, that would just be just chalk up this year. Let's just start over next year. Yeah, Act like I this didn't know, happen. Malcolm, almost makes you wonder if uh, we should have played. Huh? Who? Who would have thought that? Huh? I don't know where I've heard that before. Me neither. Huh. 
Big Ten commissioner. Oh. Do, you, do you know where we're getting this from? Maybe. Oh, <laughs> um, but, but, but COVID is causing a lot of canceled games. There's been nine, I believe it might be up to 10 canceled bowl games. Um, playoff scenarios are all over the map. Um, it's it's going to be such a weird postseason. I, I think they're going to have to do something to either adjust the playoff format, especially with there not being bowl ga- as many bowl games available. Teams aren't going to be unless they're going to do, you know, teams hosting what would have been bowl games in their home stadium or making teams schedule games on their own as a postseason game. Um, I, it, they're going to have to do something to incentivize um, the rest of the season because what you're seeing now is a bunch of players on teams that aren't making the playoff don't have postseason hopes. Um, are are aren't a part of the the postseason conversation they're opting out just saying all right i'm out we're not going to be good we're not going to the playoffs so why am i even playing and they're leaving and getting ready for the draft so they've got to move quickly to try to incentivize incentivize the rest of the season or i mean i can imagine if ohio state isn't going to be in the big 10 championship game they're going to be some guys that are draft ready looking at this situation and being like well what am i playing for i'm going to i'm just going to get ready for the nfl yeah that's a set up a way Honestly, and I, and I think that will really put them to the to, to the fire as far as uh, how they if they do restructure some post some postseason stuff. I'm telling you, guys, remember it. We both said it. Keep an eye. Ohio State is going to end up in the college football playoffs mm. <laughs> by one way or another. Mm. But um, yeah, man, and there's some good games uh, getting that are canceled this week. I was actually going to be watching that Cincinnati Tulsa. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, but. We'll see. Uh, Miami, I thought they were going to be playing, but I don't think anybody at the U knows if they're ever playing again or just, if, yeah. I, I don't know what they're doing there. I feel like they post, they postponed like nine of their games. Yeah. And they haven't even had nine. So, hey. I mean, the, yeah, a- man. Um, the ACC really had to do some schedule shuffling. Um, Notre Dame clinched the ACC championship and found out, or clinched their spot in the ACC title game and found out via email because of some schedule shuffling they had to do with some of their cancellations. Um, so they've already had to do some shuffling with their schedule. Miami has missed quite a few games. Um, I'm looking at a game, um, Houston versus SMU, which has now been canceled for the second time. Um, they tried to play in November. They pushed it, or they tried to play earlier in November and pushed it back to now, and they're still not able to play. Um, so it's just, it really creates a weird dynamic for, for this playoff season and postseason where we don't know <laughs> who, uh, who's even going to be eligible and ready to play <laughs> when it comes down to it. But we talked about this in our preview. COVID is going to make this season extremely unpredictable. And here we are. Yeah. We're, we're pretty good at that. Um, can you was... imagine listening that email? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, it going into the spam folder. <laughs> you just, you'd never know that you're a champion as well. Well, they're not champions. Uh, they're just going to the title game. Well, yeah. I mean, of their um, division. Yeah, so just neat. I, I believe if Clemson wins this week, then they clinch a spot as well, and so we'll know who will be in the ACC title game possibly this weekend, and then we could spend two weeks talking about, uh, or maybe it's just one week, talking about Clemson versus Notre Dame, which second time, that's going to be an exciting Ooh. game with Trevor Lawrence back. We're yeah. going to spend a lot of time talking about that uh, when it comes. It's amazing how much drama has survived, even though so many games have not. Yeah, man. 
So real quick, we're not going to do a deep dive, but the only game between rank, well, not the only game, the only game that matters between ranked teams right now, <laughs> um, number 12, Indiana versus number 16, Wisconsin, Michael Penix Jr. out for the rest of the year. Um, huge blow to Indiana, who was having a really great year this year um, and really competed well against Ohio State in their game. Um, real quick, who do you think takes this one, Wisconsin or Indiana? Uh. Uh, I don't know. They're big on Jack Tuttle, who's going to be uh, backing up and starting for them. And, and I think, yeah, well, Wisconsin's got a backup starting, too. Um, Jack Combs still out. We saw Graham Mertz. I, I I think that Indiana is just surging. Uh, I've got them taking this ball game. Um, I think the big key for them is going to be uh, get that passing game going, yeah. uh, which has been going. I think they're about, like, 279 yards a game. Uh, and so that's one of their strengths. But also to stop that Wisconsin run game. Um, because they, they've been rolling uh, on the ground there. And uh, Indiana's been holding their opponents about 130-something yards a game. So they can do those two things. That's the key to victory. But Wisconsin's beat has been tough. I think they're allowing 11 points. No, in three games, they're allowing 11 points <laughs> They did hold Northwestern to 17, which yeah. was significant. That team has scored, I think, 20 points uh, in every other game this year. So I'll be excited to see. But, yeah, I got Indiana taking it, moving to 6-1. Wait, you have Indiana winning? Man, I thought I was going to have a hot take. Yeah, I was actually going to do my prediction that Indiana's going to win. I think they're really confident right now. Um, you know, Wisconsin very well could win this game. Um, Penix is a big part of what Indiana does on offense, but I think this team really feels like they're, this is their year um, to really put themselves on the map in the Big Ten and potentially be competing for, for championships in that division two and three years down the road. So um, I'm also going to say Indiana's going to win this game. Yeah, man. So let's go ahead and switch the gears to NBA. We got breaking news that came in at the beginning of the podcast. Russell Westbrook traded to the Wizards for John Wall um, in a 2023 protected first round pick. Um, the, one of the other things that we didn't talk about for this trade, John Wall, Boogie Cousins reunited. Golly, that's wild. I mean, it's, that's it's crazy to think those guys played. I mean, that Kentucky team was really good. Um, they ended up not winning at all, but that team was so talented. I believe Eric Bledsoe was on that team as well. Um, yeah. That was just a stacked roster. Um, so John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins coming off injuries, um, but reunited. Could that be? Could there be a little magic there with James Harden? Um, before we talk about the, the other NBA topics we're going to talk about, I want to spend some more time talking about this trade. What? Offensively, what would you want to see from from this team as it's presently constructed? Let's talking first about the Rockets. Um, you have John Wall, James Harden, um, Eric Gordon probably coming off the bench. Christian Wood uh, probably slots in at the four or five. PJ Tucker is probably your starting four. Um, you also have Demarcus Cousins probably going to be coming off the bench if he makes this team. New coach of Steven Silas. What are you going to be looking for? particularly between the uh, the combination of John Wall and James Harden on offense? Hmm. Uh, I do want to see Harden a little bit more off ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have, and mind you, I think, you know, think about James Harden's career. Um, he's always been a viable weapon in, in several different roles. There was when, you know, of course, Oklahoma City, James Harden, sixth man, coming off the bench, yeah, 
he did some ball handling, but even off ball, he was still very, very dangerous. Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, he was a part of that, that super core that scared the life out of teams. Um, then you move on to Houston those first couple of years. He's not the James Harden of now, but yeah, increased volume, uh, definitely a scoring machine still, but there was a little bit more flow to those offenses and then devolved into the Harden you have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, dribble, 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 clean, clean, clean. <laughs> um, and I, I would love to see them uh, free him up to, to kind of get back in touch with some of those former selves of his, and I think this is a great opportunity to do that. Uh, Russ was a ball handler. Sure, he's a point guard, uh, but he's a, he's a pusher, pusher, pusher. I think having somebody who can maybe orchestrate a little bit more um, and, and allow James Harden to get more in touch with that slasher off the ball. Um, and I, I, I personally, just looking at this, I think Boogie Cousins has, has a great year. I think he has a great year uh, because of the complimentary pieces around him. I think the game is going to come very, very easy having a point guard that uh, uh, will know how to look for him and put him in position to score easy. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm not so consumed with them having a high octane, fast paced offense where they're go, go, go. I'm also not interested in seeing, um, you know, James Harden dribble for 14 seconds and then they, you know, they pass around and try and hit a guy for a shot. So somewhere in between there, a little bit more structure. No, they're not going to be the Spurs. They're not going to be running sets every time down, but give James Harden some more opportunity to score off the ball. And like you mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, a rest from having some of those ball handling duties so much. Um, um, I'm looking for some dynamic, you know, with the two of them being able to set each other, each other up going toward the basket a little bit more. Yeah, I think the question is we've, we've been wanting James Harden to play off the ball more, and we thought Chris Paul, he's going to play off the ball more. Didn't really happen. We thought Russell Westbrook, now they're going to play him off the ball. Didn't really happen there either. Um so the question is, does he want to play off the ball? And, and are they going to make him play off the ball? Um, or is this just going to be kind of more of the same, um, James being the primary ball handler? You know, as a from a coaching standpoint, you want the ball in the, in the hands of your best player the most often, so I understand it. But um, when you have a player like John Wall, who's not a good shooter unless he's really been working on that in his injury time, um, I think, you know, it I think James would be really well served, particularly once you get to the playoffs, because I don't care what anybody says. He's run out of gas in some of those playoff series when he doesn't show up in those final games, particularly against yeah. Yeah. Um, the Warriors those two years when they had a chance to really upset them. He just he, the energy is just is not there. And so if you're able to take some of that off of him throughout the year and in the playoffs, I think that would be a big benefit. But the question is, um, is the way that James has played under Mike D'Antoni was that a Mike D'Antoni thing? Was that a Daryl Morey thing? Or was that a James Harden thing? And I think we're going to figure that out this year um, pretty early on when we see what their offense is going to look like. Um, DeMarcus Cousins, I just don't know what to expect from him. He's coming off two very serious injuries. He has not, he did not play at all last year. Um, and even coming into last year, he was recovering from an injury. So I, I just don't know what to reasonably expect. Anything you get from him at this point would be a plus. Um, if he is 60% of what he is, what he was, um, even in um, Golden State or even in the New Orleans years, uh, year, he would be a big upgrade for them and could really cause some problems for teams. But I just don't know what you can reasonably ex- expect from him. I, I looked at his age, and I was kind of surprised. He's 30 now. He's not 
25, 26, um, to where yeah. it's a little bit yeah. easier to recover from these things. So um, injuries do have a cumulative effect. Um, and over time, those things can start to wear on your body. So I, I I don't know what you can really expect from him at this point, but I'm rooting for him. I want him to be successful. Um, but I really hope they, they really do him a service, bring him along slowly, allow him to get his wind and his strength back. Um, because if you get him right, he's, he's the exact kind of player you need against a team like the Lakers, against a team like Denver, who can really make bigs work um, and wreak some havoc in the middle and be able to step out and shoot and be yeah. a playmaker. With that stretch effect, uh, that I think really makes <laughs> makes a big difference. I, for a second, I was about to call him and John Wall the Snap Brothers. <laughs> I I don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why. Stop <laughs> <laughs> off the boogie. Um, I hear you. I definitely my my mind says the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see the rate that these guys deteriorate. Got questions about Clay Thompson, what he's going to look like when yeah. he gets back, so on and so forth. But my heart just believes that for a guy who just who just memes everybody since he came into the game, don't get to tough it through. And no, you're right. If he can give you ten and ten, that's that's an absolute win for that team. Yeah. Um, and then from the Washington standpoint, um, thinking more about this roster now, you have. Russell Westbrook, um, we know what he does. We know how he likes to play. But you put him with a Bradley Beal, a Davis Bertans, a Rui Hachimura who can, who's played the 4-5 position and can actually shoot the three. Um, and then you have the young guy, Denny Advia. Um, you're actually creating a scenario kind of like those Oklahoma City years where you're surrounding Russ with shooters um, yeah, yeah. and allowing him to just kind of work. And so – that's a very productive rust that we could be looking at in Washington with that team. And if you add oh, that to what Bradley Beal can do, once again, don't I've got to see it on the court. I don't know what it's going to look like in a you know, all season long, but the potential for them to be a playoff team I think is there. Yeah, I'm I'm only concerned. I mean, we thought the Russell Westbrook Paul George experiment would work. Mm-hmm. Um and I think I think PG brings you know, a similar skill set uh, to what Russ is going to get in Bradley Beal, a guy who is a knockdown shooter. I think Bradley's a much can. better shooter than Paul George. Agree, agree. But also you need somebody who's able to, you know, what was the strength of KD and those Oklahoma City teams? Of course there was the scoring, but as the years went on, uh, he was able to, to free Russ up and get him involved mm-hmm. um, in some offensive sets as well. I don't know if Bradley Beal is imposing enough. And, yeah, we just talked about he came off a 30-point-per-game season. <laughs> but he, we got to consider the team he was on. And he's also not demanding double teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know if defenses are shading themselves toward Bradley Beal, which might be how he ended up with, <laughs> with 30-and-a-half points. But, uh yeah, I mean, if if he can draw enough attention, uh, if those shooters, if they if they maintain and, and they have some strong seasons, you keep guys around thirty eight percent shooting around him, you you have to give Russ a little bit of room to get loose, and I think that's the recipe for success. But it's the ball sharing for me. Uh, you know, there were talks about Bill and Wall clashing uh, a lot early on uh, because you know, and now he's finally had the opportunity to be the guy. He's mm-hmm. had the breakout year. Yeah. Is he ready to relinquish a lot of the reins of the team uh, to a Russell Westbrook that absolutely needs the ball? I tell you what, it's different to be have the reins of a bad team. 
you don't feel so bad about sharing the reins when you're. <laughs> you saw what Russ Russ had that MVP year, and then was like, "All right, get me Paul George or Carmelo Anthony. Let's, let's try this." Please, for the love of God, don't make me do that again. <laughs> okay, I put up my All Star MVP numbers. Now I need to win some games because that wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but I, I, I think you know to to my point though. Didn't he? I think he came back and averaged another triple double. Um, but it was a way less efficient yeah. double, and he had more talent. Mm-hmm. Well, so Carmelo Anthony, Anthony also was not uh, what they were hoping he would be, to put it true. mildly. True, true. But uh, I, I think ultimately, I'm just wondering: has he learned? Has he learned a little bit more when to and when not to? Yeah. I would think at this point, Russ would be somewhat humbled into adopting maybe a different approach to the game. Yeah. You still need that aggression. But given the fact that he is older, Russell Westbrook now, he does not bring that same level of athleticism. Still an incredible athlete. Uh, but is he going to play more with his head than with his legs? Well, I'm wondering now. I think we've been wondering that his entire career, and I don't foresee that changing. It's not coming? I don't think it's coming. Until, until his body really starts to break down, I think he's going to just – and I don't blame him. <laughs> when when your physical gifts are as considerable as his are, you, you ride that train as long as you can. <laughs> it's like that basketball okay, player who can dunk really well and doesn't develop any other skills. Is like, I'm not mad at it because you're really athletic. Uh, I wish you would do, it, do this differently, but I get it. <laughs> I mean – True, but we got a finals MVP that's figured it out early mm-hmm. and been able to one extend his career and also remain a certain at a certain level of excellence yeah. and get the most out of guys that he shouldn't, you know, like KCP. Mm. Oh, here we go, some digs at KCP. <laughs> I had to throw it in there. Always can't. We've gone way too long when I'm taking a shot at <laughs> So NBA training camps did open this week. Um, teams are in the facility in an unlimited basis. Um, most of the roster spots are filled. Um, so we're going to be trying to sprinkle in some NBA preview stuff throughout the next few weeks as we, excuse me, gear up toward, um, toward the start of the season, December 22nd. Um, so one quick topic before we leave for the night, what non playoff teams are you looking, are you looking at this year to make a move or are the most interesting to you? And I'm going to put this caveat on it. We cannot talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Because <laughs> that's cheating. Oh, that's a take right there. Not, okay, non-playoff team from last year. Yeah, I got you. I thought you were saying they won't make it again. No, no, no. Year. The teams that didn't the make button. the playoffs. <laughs> teams, the button, Malcolm Morgan. Teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. The Brooklyn Nets, I think, are an easy. They're in. Um, so, what teams did make the playoffs that you're interested in looking at this year? I'll start off, and I'll start off with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, mm. You know, obviously they have Zion. He is Zion. Um, was injured in the bubble. Really didn't get to see him at his full powers. He was really kind of working his way back into shape. Um, but they they did address one of their biggest weaknesses this offseason. That was defense. Um, bringing in Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe. Goodness gracious. Eric Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe is not going to help you on defense. <laughs> <laughs> they did address their biggest, one of their, probably their biggest issue last year, and that's defense, by bringing in Eric Bledsoe. Uh, bringing in Steven Adams, two veterans who, you know, Steven Adams is probably past his prime at this point, but it's still a high quality center. Um, and Ooh, so, past his prime? I think he's past his prime. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Physically, I, 
he doesn't move quite the same. But he's still strong and tough in the paint, can guard some of these other centers in the league. Good rebounder when Russ isn't on his team. Um, And then you have him next to Zion. um, And then you add in a Eric Bledsoe with with Alonzo Ball in the backcourt. Two guys that can defend um, either guard position. Um, and then you sprinkle in what the, the other weapons that they have re-signing Brandon Ingram, who had a, you know, all-star most improved player year last year, JJ Reddick, a veteran who could just shoot lights out as we, as we've always known about JJ Reddick. Um, they've got pieces to make a little bit of a run here. If they play everything right, if they have health, um, and the pieces gel, um, their biggest weakness last year was their defense. Um, and so bringing in a new coach, bringing in some veterans to kind of help these young guys. I think they're in a, in a prime position. And we didn't even, I didn't even mention Josh Hart, who's also a solid defender as well. You've got the makings yeah. of a team that can hurt you in a variety of ways. And if Zion takes a leap, you really could be looking at a team that could make it into the playoffs and possibly play spoiler to some of the higher ranked teams. Can you imagine like how dangerous that team is if Lonzo settles in and mm-hmm. takes that next step? And like you said, Zion as well. Mm-hmm. Oof, with those other guys they have around them, no, it's, it's, it's definitely, yeah, it'd be a situation. So wait, do you think they have the potential to be seven, eight C? I mean, oof, or even higher? Um, I, I I don't know about higher. Um, the the West is still really strong, but I can see them getting in seventh, eighth seed. I think Memphis is a team that I don't know if they did enough to to make me feel good about making them a playoff lock this year. Um, you know, Phoenix is going to be up there, but I think, I think new Orleans could be a seven, eight seed this year. If, if, if health and, and gelling happens this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will be, and you, you asked this question to me is hands down. No brainer. I'll be watching the other ball brother in Detroit. That's right. I'll be watching. Lajello. <laughs> oh my God. What did you, you just call him Lajello? Ain't that his name? It's Leangelo. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that whole part of his name. Wow. Jello. I, haven't talked, I haven't talked about that guy in so long. Oh. Um, and either way, I was kidding. Uh, we, I won't be looking for him at all. I do hope he makes the roster uh, just because it would be a cool story for all three of them to be in the league. But Charlotte, um, I'm so curious to see what happens with Charlotte on multiple fronts. Yeah, yeah, they draft LaMelo Ball, who is a question mark all in and of itself. Um, you know, Vernon Carey, I'm actually interested to see uh, what he brings to the table in NBA. Um, but on the on the new draft pick side, you got those two. On the what is this about side, you got Gordon Hayward, <laughs> who they threw – all of the silver and gold on the eastern shoreboard at um but he's there to do i i mean you it has to be to be the superstar it has to be their first option you don't pay a guy like that mm. um unless you expect great things from him we haven't seen great things from Gordon Hayward in a while so very curious there but then also if you look at the the Miles Bridges the Devontae Graham who came on very strong last year um, um, seeing what's going to happen with Terry Rozier, P.J. Washington. They've already got young pieces that they're looking. So on a couple uh, fronts, you have to, you're wondering if the Charlotte Hornets, mind you, we're talking about the Michael Jordan-owned uh, and led Charlotte Hornets, if they can develop draft picks or well, integrate draft picks, mm-hmm. if they can develop these young guys that they already had 
and if they can manage to create culture um, around the Gordon Hayward, who they have made their centerpiece, um, they either they have the potential to look like geniuses or they're going to be talked about and talked about heavily mm. uh, for the way that they proceeded with this um, much, much, much um, um, maligned uh, or much talked about uh, gamble of an offseason. So I will be a Charlotte fan this year. Uh, I'm trying to get league pass. I'm watching every game. I, I've got a prediction right now. There's going to be a league video. Some of the Charlotte players talking about uh, LaMelo Ball like some of the Cavs players were talking about LeBron James, <laughs> that famous Darius Miles video. Yeah. Oh, my I'm, gosh. I'm still trying to decide. I think it's going to be Bismack Biombo saying oh that uh, Romello's trash. Yeah. I don't think Bismack Biombo needs to be the one saying anything about anything. Uh, he just keep his head down <laughs> and block some shots. Uh, Hopefully I mean, he makes the roster, yeah. The Hornets are way, they're definitely way more interesting than they have been. Um Purely on the fact that LaMelo Ball is there. They just haven't had a player of that caliber um, since Kemba left. Um, and they never paired one with Kemba, um, which is unfortunate for his his run in Charlotte. So it definitely makes them more watchable. Um, and I think they're going to be some wild swings. There are going to be some games where you're like, whoa, who is this? And there's going to be some games like, yeah, yeah they're still the Hornets. Um, yep. But I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, you bring in a guy like Gordon Hayward. I don't think you brought him in to just kind of settle for – lottery again i wouldn't be surprised honestly if if they went and tried to make a move for like a kevin love or something package some of the young guys to get kevin love pair him and gordon hayward together and just say hey let's just go for it why wow. not okay um and then you know they might slip up and still be bad enough to get a top 10 pick <laughs> and then then you've really got a situation there so yeah i mean charlotte is definitely it, it, it's really interesting to look at this roster. They've got some possibilities. They just they need one of these young guys to really pop. Um, Miles Bridges, PJ oh. Washington, Devontae Graham, Malik Monk. One of them needs to make that step, make that leap this year. Um, if we're going to talk about yeah. them as as a young team to watch, over under fifty percent. Charlotte Hornets uh, make a huge deal to land a superstar. I mean, I think it's under 50. I just don't know who wants what they have. If I'm a team with... You don't think the, those pieces you just named, you don't think you don't think somebody will want them? It it, it just depends on the deal, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the Cavs, if, if they're not giving up a point guard uh, in the exactly deal, they'd be interested. That. You don't want Terry Rogier for Kevin Love and just... No, I don't, <laughs> but that's why the Cavs would do it. Uh, we're, we're, today's starting lineup at point guard. Colin Sexton at two guard, Darius Garland at three guard, Terry Rozier at exactly. four guard, Kevin Porter, and at center, Andre German. <laughs> Cut to Kobe Altman. We just got a lot of confidence in the team that we have. We think we really built something special here. Oh, God. Good Lord. We shall see. We, we shall see. see. So we'll talk some more about some NBA topics as we go on. The other big news was uh, LeBron signing a two-year extension. Um, taking him through 2023. I didn't expect it, but not surprised by it. AD's deal is probably going to be announced soon, too. Um, It'll like, be a free agent just in time for uh, Bronny. Bronny's eligibility. Bronny. Oh, man, that's going to be so weird. What if, What if? let's just what if this thing. What if the Cavs get the number one pick in, in, in draft Bronny? And LeBron's like, oh, I wanted to play with him, but... <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go back to Cleveland. I don't, 
I don't think he would come back. Oh, I don't think so either. I think he'd I think he'd go to the Western Conference so we didn't have to play him as often. Imagine LeBron dunking on Brown. <laughs> Oh, Bronny man. talking trash to Bron. What's up, old man? Oh man, yeah, you gotta come home after this. You better shut up. <laughs> if they do that, if they do that fake thing where they get in each other's face. Oh, <laughs> or maybe Good they'll side. do like the remember the Morris brothers did. Sorry guys, this is we're just we're all over the place today. Remember the Morris brothers did when they had the same agent and they just did one contract for the two of them. Yep. So yep. you know. Bronny's like, you know, gets drafted. All right, we're going to negotiate this contract for both of us. <laughs> Rich Paul would do it. He'd pull it off. Did you say Chris Paul? No, Rich Paul. I was about to say. I don't think Chris Paul's helping him negotiate that deal. <laughs> no. Um, all I right. I don't want Chris Paul to negotiate my deal. Well, you guys, thank you for uh, got some breaking news, a two-in-one special. Uh, what a day. What a day. It's always fun to have breaking news on the pod. Um, and now we don't have to do an Insta take for it. People got the take right as it happened. You're welcome. Um, let's end today with our parting words. Ian, give us your parting words for tonight. Uh, I just want to shout out the NFL um, for bringing such glee and joy uh, to me once again in fantasy. That's right. I'm bringing it back up. My parting words are to, uh, to remember this day. Uh, how many of you scored 200-some points in your fantasy season? I don't know how many of you actually have, but I will take this photo. I will frame it. Uh, it's going in a plaque, and it's going on my wall, and I don't care. I don't care. I feel great. Uh, I'm still high off of this as the fantasy season has just uh, – or this, this week has just ended on a Wednesday. So anomalies all around. Cheers to the world. Oh, Ian. Once again, congratulations on your fantasy win. Much deserved. Um, my parting word go, words go to an NFL player. Um, had a big game this week. Huge game this week. You should know this name. Very very familiar with this person. Um, six catches, 171 yards, two touchdowns. Really showed up at fantasy for Ian, and that's one Will Fuller. Um, you know, and as, as tends to happen sometimes, whether by happenstance or not, um, had the big game. <laughs> And then gets drug tested right afterwards. Uh, yeah. yeah. And now Wolf will be missing the rest of the season <laughs> for uh, performance enhancing drug policy violations. So shout out to Wolf Fuller. Roided up for the big game, had your big game, and now you are out for the year. Shout I feel out to like you. I couldn't resist that. I couldn't. He that- finessed everyone, he thought he could get away with it. Deshaun Watson really is the big loser out of this. He's like, I finally, one of my right receivers shows up, and then he's right, right. not going to be showing up for the rest of the year. <laughs> um, it does take a, you know, opt-out. This is a different kind of opt-out, you know. Have my big game, leaving one more, you know, contract negotiation. You remember how I was the last time? I was pretty good. Um, Absolutely. Shout-out to him, and shout-out to all of the Denver Broncos quarterbacks who also um, – we're on COVID leave this this past week. I want to know the story behind. It. I mean, there's got to be a thirty for thirty about that coming. Absolutely. Yeah, Man, we were, that game was rough to watch. We were all ordering pizza, and the guy came in coughing, and we were just like, "Whatever." Ate the pizza, and then <laughs> we all got COVID. I literally saw the score flying <laughs> in my nose. Tim Tebow's phone rings. 
Tim, we need a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> we need you. <laughs> Come back. Um, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking with us in this two and one special. We did it without you, Keith. We miss you. Uh, join us for post game live on Sunday. Hopefully, we'll be able to go live this week with no issues. Seven thirty on Sunday, we'll talk about all the NFL action from Cleveland to Ohio. Give it up for Mister Pivot himself, International Ian Lamont Morgan. Nine and three, baby. And here in the capital city, it's your boy. They call him the Black Lewis Riddick. It's Malcolm Morgan. This has been the Three and One Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you all next time.